welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devat Torah called Parshas Shemois, Living with Meaning. Shalom. In this week's Parsha, we're all familiar with the fact that Bnei Israel, the Jewish people, were slaves to the Egyptians. As it says, Vayavidu Mitzrayim is Bnei Israel Befarach, which means the Egyptians started to make the Jewish people do labor designated to break their bodies. The question I want to share with you that was brought down by Avzev Lef is the following. When Moshe Rabbeinu came into play and he started being the messenger from Hashem to take the Jewish people out, so the first time he approached Parot to, to try to convince him to allow them to go, straight away Parot made everything a lot more extreme and told them from now on you have to remain with the same quota, but you have to find your own raw materials. You have to get your own straw. While maintaining the, the previous quota, the question is, why did Paro not just double their quota? That makes a lot more sense. This way the Jewish people would have to work harder and still they would, everyone would benefit from a doubling of production. To answer this question, we have to understand exactly what it means, Avodas Parich. Because Avodas Parich is really what Paro had in mind, despite the fact he told his nation that the reason he wants to make us slaves is because he's worried that we're becoming a lot more people and we're going to connect with their enemies and go against them. But the reason he had in heart is he wanted to break our spirits. And that is what Avodat Parich is. Because in order to understand what Avodat Parich is, we have to see where it's brought down. It's based on a pasuk in Vaikra, in, in Vaikra over there, 25.43. Kafei, Tere Kafei, Pasuk Mem Gimel. Over there, it's brought down that one is not allowed to give such work of Avodat Parich to their Jewish slaves. And it's brought down in the Halacha and the Rambam, Hilchos Avadim, Perek Yud Halacha Vav. It says that those types of Melachas, those types of work, one is not permitted to give to a Jewish slave. What are we talking about? Work without a purpose. Anytime you give a slave a work that has no purpose, for example, just plow the field until I get back. One is not allowed to do that. Because the idea behind it is it breaks one's spirit. Paro understood that. And that is exactly what he planned to do to the Jewish people. And how do we know this? Because the Midrash says that the Jewish people, they built Arei Miskenot. What does that mean? It's translated to pitiful cities. The Midrash says these cities were built on the foundations of sand and toppled over immediately after being built, only to be rebuilt again. So, why? Because Paro wanted to ensure that we do something that has no productivity to it whatsoever and that will break our spirits. This is exactly what he wanted to do by making us wasting our time looking for straw, that you're not really building anything. So this fit perfectly with Paro's plan. Meaning, the concept that's coming out of her here is that work can be exhilarating and fulfilling, but only when it is work that has a purpose, work with a goal. But work without a purpose only serves to break a person's spirit. The story that Rav Zavlev brings I want to share with you is once there was a prisoner in the Soviet labor camp who was confined to his cell for 10 years and forced to turn a handle that, that was on one, on, in, within his cell wall was connected to the wall he was told that the handle turned the flour mill on the other side but upon being liberated he discovered that the handle was connected to absolutely nothing this realization that he had labored for so long for nothing was more crushing to him 
ten, the actual ten years who was in prison. Similar idea we see in the Gemara in Beitza 16a, Tetzayin Amudalef, that it says the Bablim, the Babylonians, were foolish for eating their bread with bread. What does that mean? So the Bali Musa, specifically the Chassam Soifer, explains that they were caught in a vicious cycle with no purpose other than continuing to live. They worked only in order to earn enough bread, to have the strength to work another day and earn more bread, to sustain themselves for another day. This type of life, working to eat so one can work some more, results in a life with no purpose. Why? Because when necessity of eating, of earning a living is removed from such a life, it literally loses all its meaning. And perhaps this is why so many people that are retired and they don't have a purpose to their life anymore become depressed. Another example to this, a marshal to this, is brought down by Rabbi Tatz. He says that sometimes, imagine someone would create, invent a machine, that the machine knew what to do in order to ensure it lives another day. And so too, every day, that's what it did. So it was able to sustain itself. But that's it. There was nothing else it could do. No one would want to invent such a machine. There's no point to such a machine. So people that live in such a fashion, there's no purpose to their life. So that, that can break one and, and make him depressed. However, Baruch Hashem, as opposed to us, the Torah, HaKadosh Buhu, created a system for us that everything has purpose. Everything we do results in securing eternal life in Olam Abba. Every action of a mitzvah or Torah builds our Olam Abba. This recognition alone gives meaning and value to all of life's pursuits for the greater, for the greater purpose of creating our Olam Abba. And we know that that's, that can be connected to anything we do, even something that seems to be a mundane activity like sleeping and eating. If we had the right kavana, the right thoughts, that we're sleeping so that we can be oived Hashem another day and have the opportunity of doing more mitzvahs, that in itself also turns into a mitzvah. Perhaps this is the reason, as I shared with some of you, that uh, in Shulchan day, I think it's Reish Mem Hey, we know the halacha is that the only mitzvah that really you have a, you can have a part in it when someone else does it is to learn Torah. How can that be? So once I used to say, and I think it's true, because HaKadosh Puch created the world for Torah, so everyone should have an opportunity to be connected to it. And if someone has a really busy life and is working around the clock, ensuring that he can support his family and earning a living, and he really bears, has any time, then at least he can, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him that opportunity to be connected to someone else's Torah by supporting him by a certain means, either money or another way. So to here, in order to be connected, to, the, to, to have more meaning to, to, to life, to the purpose of life, he knows that he's working around the clock, but at the end of the day, it's all to be able to support others, to be able to do Torah mitzvahs. And that makes a big difference, because through that, he's building his eternal life. It reminds me of uh, this following story. I have a, I have a friend that uh, started his own business. And at the beginning, it went very difficult. He had like 20 people working for him. But at the end of the day, he barely managed to make any money. He made a little bit of money, just enough to get by. So he asked his job, well, what's the point of all this? Maybe I should just stop the whole thing, get my own small job. I won't have headaches with managing many people and everything. What am I marviach? I'm not gaining so much by having this company. So the Rav told him, you're not thinking about it in the correct fashion because at the end of the day, you built a system that through you, 20 people can support their families. And that changed everything for him. And it's the same idea over here. It's so important that we realize that what we're doing has a purpose.
Mefesh Achayim even says more than this, that every machshava that's positive about another Yid that we have, or to try to help someone, or to plan something, that's like pressing a button. A Yid's machshava, his thoughts, have... We have no idea, but it has such a ripple effect in the worlds above us that if had we known every little thing that we do, whether it's a thought or an action, it's like pressing a button that has a huge impact in the worlds above us. And if a Yid would know that, it would totally change the way he lives his life. Just to give an example of how a Yid should live his life, I remember I want to share with you a story about my grandfather, Rabbi Rutsky, Zechat Sadik Levracha, that Every time he had, there was no such thing. After he retired, didn't retire, didn't make a difference. He was always learning and always cared about saying the bracha slowly, out loud. I'll never forget it. It's carved in my heart. I remember it as I was a kid. I think some of you that came to my house when when he was visiting also saw that. And every time he was alone, he just sat on the couch and learned until he fell asleep. The second... When I was in Australia and visited him in Melbourne, the second someone came over and needed help from him, he was the first to jump and help him. As he walked to shul, he always greeted everyone, Jewish, non-Jewish, it didn't matter. And Bemet, he, he, he had a huge Kiddush Hashem. It, w- it was so obvious that he lived his life, and everything he did in his life had a purpose. Everything he did was for the purpose of getting closer to Hashem. Because at the end of the day, we're saying everything has a purpose. The purpose is that we're building, building our eternal life. That's true. But that's not the reason we're doing it. We're reason, the high level of working and doing eternal mitzvahs is to get closer to Hashem. The same too about women. Women, and sometimes men as well, they work really hard to upkeep the house, to ensure there's food for everyone and everything's clean and the clothes are clean. And by the end of the day, everything looks dirty. The clothes are dirty. The house is dirty. So at times, you might think to yourself, oh... What's the purpose? I'm doing nothing. Everything's going back to the way it was by the end of the day. And the answer to that is that that's really the Yetzirah. Because the whole key to what they're doing, they have to remember the ultimate goal. They're creating an atmosphere that enables each member of the family to function properly and to maximize their potential. I want to share with you another idea over here that's connected to what we're saying. We all, do, all know that there's 39 Melachas that one is not permitted to do on Shabbos. Where do we learn this from? We learn this from the Mishkan. When the Mishkan was created, which is like the base Mikdash, the temporary base of Mikdash we had, it's called the Tabernacle, I think, that we had in the desert, then there's the the way we created the system over there and built it were based on 39 different activities. And because there was a juxtaposition of the whole parsha of the Mishkan and of Shabbos, Chazal teach us that this is how we learn that all the malachas that were used to create that were done to create the Mishkan so too are the ones we're not allowed to do on Shabbos now those malachas represent it's called Melechet Machshevet for those of you who know because that malacha is an important malacha it created something important had a purpose to it and those malachas we're not allowed to do on Shabbos so again those malachas represent something important it's very interesting that what we're discussing Avodat Parich the word Parich if you do something that's called atbash, atbash is is, uh, is a system in gemat- a system of gematria in which the numerical values of the first and last letters of the aleph base are interchanged. For example, if you switch every aleph, which is the first letter, with the last letter taf, and then bet, you switch with shin, and so on, then you get a certain word. So parich, when you do that, the numerical value of the transformation of that word gets to exactly Lamed Tes, which is 39. Because the opposite of Avodat 
tarich, which has no purpose, is the thirty are the thirty nine malachos that has a huge purpose to create the Mishkan. We'll end up with saying a midrash, and now, in the light of what we said, we can understand better. Moshe proclaimed. He said the following. This is what the midrash says: I sin with the word as, and I will rectify my sin with the word as. What does that mean? So the explanation is the following: When Moshe Rabbeinu came into play and tried to help the Jewish people by being a Kaddish Bochu's messenger, he got upset and told Hashem, Me'az, from the time I was involved, things got worse for the Jewish people. So just like he said, Me'az, I approached Pro to speak in your name, things have gone worse for the Jewish people. But he's saying now, and and then it says, and I will rectify my sin, because he used the same word, as, when it's going to say, when the splitting of the sea, after Bnei Sa'a goes through the sea, it says, as Yeshil, as Moshe will sing the song at the Red Sea. What does that mean? So according to what we're saying, everything makes sense. Moshe sinned by isolating a moment. He looked at the moment and he saw that Paro made things worse for the Jewish people. His sin on his level, of course, was not placing it in the perspective of the ultimate goal. That eventually HaKadosh Baruch is going to take us out of there and bring us to El Tisrael and we'll do Torah mitzvahs and get the Torah, etc. Moshe should have seen the biggest, bigger picture. So how did Moshe redeem himself? Because after the spilling of the sea, he didn't just say thank you on the spilling of the sea. He rectified his error when he sang at the spilling of the sea because he sang not only for the moment of the present salvation, but also for the future redemptions, and even including the resurrection of the dead. And thus he sang in the future tense. It says, Az Yashir, which trans- it's translated for the future he was singing. Yiratzon, that will take this important concept and realize that there's a huge purpose for our life and we should continue that in thinking of that in our minds no matter what we do and with that it will add a lot of meaning to our lives and it'll allow us to get closer to our This is the Prism of Torah podcast through Masaf Aaron Prisman please share with your friends and family prismoftorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divri Torah you can contact us through the website. Once again, prismoftorah.com. This podcast was produced for free by Eddie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Le Bastiano, Yakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai Toyev, Isaac Ben Moshe.